The little brown-sailed swallow with her crew of five, including the parrot, had left Hollyhow Bay and was now beating across the open lake that stretched away to the south between wooded hills, with moorland showing above the trees, and in the distance mountains showing above the moorland. A whole year had gone by. August had come again. The walkers had come up from the south yesterday. John, Susan, Titty and Roger had been at the window with the parrot as the train came into the little station, thinking that their old allies, Nancy and Peggy Blackett, would be on the platform to meet them, perhaps with their mother or with Captain Flint, that retired pirate who lived in the houseboat in Houseboat Bay and was really Mr Turner, Nancy and Peggy's Uncle Jim. But no one had been there. All the morning... While Mother, Little Bridget and Nurse had been unpacking boxes and settling into the old farmhouse at Holly Howe, and they had been down at the boathouse loading Swallow for her voyage to Wildcat Island, they had been sending scouts up to the high ground to look up to the northern part of the lake to see if a little boat about the size of Swallow had come out of the Amazon River where the Blackets had a house, away up there towards the Arctic under the Great Hills. Every other minute they had been looking for the little white sail of the Amazon at the mouth of the Hollyhow Bay, expecting to hear Captain Nancy's jolly shout of, Swallows and Amazons forever! and to see mate Peggy hoisting the jolly Roger to the masthead. Then the Swallow and the Amazon would sail down to Wild Cat Island together, calling on their way at the houseboat to say, How do you do? to Captain Flint. Everything would be just as it had been last year but they had seen no sign at all of their allies, and when afternoon came, they could wait no longer. Mother and Bridget had gone off to the little town to buy stores for them and were going to bring the stores down to the island in the native rowing boat from Holly Howe. Whatever happened, they had to get the camp ready before Mother arrived so that she could see that all was well for the first night. It was no good waiting for those Amazons. Nancy and Peggy were probably in the houseboat with Captain Flint or, more likely still, they were already on Wildcat Island, plotting either a welcome or an ambush. With Nancy, you never really knew. So the four explorers had set sail. The thing they had been planning for a year was at last beginning. It had indeed begun. For once more, they were afloat in Swallow, and sleeping at home in beds had already come to an end. I do think he ought to be flying his flag, said Roger, the lookout. Perhaps he didn't think we'd be sailing so soon, said Titty, the able seaman, who was resting a telescope on the cage of her parrot and looking through it at the distant houseboat. He'll hoist his flag all right when he sees us coming, said Susan, the mate. John, the eldest of the four of them, said nothing. He was too busy with the sailing now that Swallow had left the shelter of the bay and had begun to beat down the lake against the southerly wind. He was looking straight forward, feeling the wind on his cheek, enjoying the pull of sheet and tiller and the lap-lap of the water under Swallow's forefoot. Sometimes he glanced up at the little pennant at the masthead, a blue swallow on a white ground, cut out and stitched by Abel Seaman Titty, to be sure that he was making the most of the wind. It takes practice to know from the feel of the wind on your cheekbone exactly what your sail is doing, and this was the first sail of these holidays. 
Sometimes he glanced astern at the bubbling ribbon of Swallow's Wake. At the moment, it did not seem to matter whether Captain Flint was flying a flag from the masthead of his houseboat or not. To be on the lake again and sailing was enough for John. Mate Susan, too, did not mind that there was no flag on the old houseboat. She had had a tiring time the day before, looking after her mother and Bridget and Nurse and the others and all the small luggage during the long railway journey from the south. She always took charge on railway journeys and was always very tired next day. But nothing had been forgotten, and the number of things that would have been forgotten if Susan had not remembered them was very great. And then, this morning, there had been lists of stores to make out and check, besides the stowage of cargo in Swallow. So Susan was resting and happy, glad that for the moment everything was done that she could do, glad no longer to hear the din of railway stations, and glad, too, not to have to listen to strange voices in that din to make sure that they ought not to be changing trains.